When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest issue of Brewers Talk, the Burton Albion podcast from the Burton Mail. Hope you're all well. Uh, myself, Joshua Murray, joined as ever by Richard Cusack in the uh, in the Burton Mail office, and we'll try to sound as upbeat as possible um, on the uh, when we're reflecting on the on the games that we are in this week's podcast, Rich. Which might not be the easiest thing because uh, it was a it's a frustrated Pirelli Stadium over the last few days. Yes. Good afternoon, Josh. Um, yeah, it's one of those where you're really not quite sure how you should be feeling. Uh, because two very good and very spirited performances, but ultimately not no not a positive result to come from either of those games, um, despite the fact that they did play so well. Yeah, and despite the fact that I think it's safe to say, sort of speaking to the manager, players, everybody, that they were confident of, of or if not definitely picking up results, they were confident that they had the ability to go and go and pick up some results. And you know, it's been obviously a tough winless run now. That's eight games in all competitions without a win, stretching back to September the sixteenth against Fulham. Um, and that's because of those games in the last few days which we'll reflect on Barnsley on Tuesday night they lost uh, 4-2 in that one and then three days previously uh, again at home 2-1 to, to Ipswich Town um, we'll we'll start with Barnsley the most recent one Rich and uh, again it's frustration is, is probably the word more than anything you know they've been outclassed at times this season Leeds Wolves Villa where you sort of hold your hands up and say, you know what, there's some quality in this division. But against Barsley on Tuesday night, and as we say, we'll say the same against Ipswich, it wasn't that Burton were outclassed other than one <laughs> unforgettable moment. It was that, again, they just didn't show the quality throughout when they needed to. And when the game was there for the taking, they didn't have the major play. It was it was Barnsley who had it and uh, Joe Williams' stunner from 30 yards. I think Burton's problem this season is they're yet to play a 90-minute match. You know, yeah. they're yet to sort of... Um, stay consistent throughout the whole game you either get a good first half a good second half or a good first 60 minutes or a good last half an hour you don't seem to be able to get a full error free uh, 90 minutes which is what Nigel Clough um, has spoken about this week he said he wants to see that against Millwall on Saturday which now by the way has become a quite a big game yeah we're um, saying that about everyone at the moment well, yeah exactly that's, that's sort of that's where we're at now isn't it but I think Barnsley was a different sort of frustration to Saturday's defeat to Ipswich because Ipswich you sort of you go one nil up, you're playing playing excellent, playing very well. Barnsley against Barnsley, they dragged themselves back into the game twice. Yeah. You know, going into half time, Lloyd Dyer's goal on the struggle half time, you're thinking, game on, let's go out and let's get him now. Let's finish let's finish him off. Mm. You let him back into the game. So you've got twice you've got teams on the ropes and you've failed to knock them out. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, I think you sort of hear the sounds on the, on the press bench and from the fans sat around us, you know, near the press benches at half time, and the positivity, you know, from those fans going up in, into the stands or going down to to, to get their half time stats or whatever at half time in both games, there was such positivity. There was a real buzz, a sense of you know, this is there for the taking against Ipswich on Saturday, like you say. You know, Burton had completely outplayed Ipswich for that first 45 minutes, chance after chance. Saw Dell had a shot saved, Lund couldn't turn it home. Lund had another one he drove wide, Dyer had a shot saved. Saw Dell had another one at the near post. And then last night, uh, you know, when we record this on, on, the, on the Tuesday night against Barnsley, like you say, there was frustration at falling behind twice, but the response was superb. And Dyer scores right on the, break of half, on the brink of half time. And again, you think they've got the momentum here. 
you know, they, they look the more dominant side, they've got more territory, they've got more of the ball, okay, they you know, there were plenty of crosses over hit, balls going wide. It wasn't brilliant, but they were on top. And, you know, that does that come down to a, a mindset as much as anything now that, that when the game's there for the taking, they're just not having that killer instinct? I think it comes down to two spectacular goals being scored against you, but you can do absolutely nothing about. Now, yeah. people say that you have to clear your lines, you get rid of it. Stephen Morlock's mistake on Saturday, Dilly dallying with the ball. Nigel Clough said after the game on Saturday, the Ipswich defeat, that Warnock should have been putting Burton on a counter-attack. Yeah. Burton should have actually been going to counter and win that game as it as it as it was. Burton Selina steps up and kills one kills one home from 25, 25 yeah. yards. You can't sort of legislate for that. Then Joe Williams pops up and scores a goal, but yeah. he, will, he, he will never hit a ball better than that ever ever in his career. I, I'd be very surprised if he did. Well, it, it, I sort of watched him as soon as the ball went under the bar. I watched him, and, and even as the ball was hitting the back of the net, he'd still got his hands on his head because I think he. He, I think he originally appealed for a foul because Matthew London sort of tried to close him down. Yeah. And then I think he had his hands on his head because he thought, oh, man, that was close. And it was only when he sort of, you know, his teammates sort of ran into mobbing that I think he actually realised that it had, had dipped under Connor Ripley's bar. Like you say, no legislating for that. You know, it wasn't even a... There was, you know, the Ipswich goals at the weekend, you thought, could they have dealt with the clearances better? This one, it was a ball in Carmen Fadsen gets rid reasonably well. OK, there's no Burton player there lurking to pick it up, but, you know, you can't be everywhere. That is just a, a moment of of absolute class and again Nigel Clough alluded to it doesn't it where everything you know when when everything seems to be going against you whether it's sort of the rub of the green whether it's just mistakes that you're making yourself the last thing you want is just a moment of well of match deciding quality which it was I know Barnsley went on to get a fourth through Harvey Barnes but you know that was Burton again having to push late on to try and to try and get something um but again it's you know, we'll move on, I suppose, to, to the goals and, and, and Williams' goal was, was brilliant. Both, both of Burton's goals were, were, were fine efforts as well. Matty Lund, his first league goal, turning on Jake Buxton's fine cross and then Lloyd Dyer scoring a, a brilliant goal, latching onto Scannell's pass and racing into the box and driving home. But Burton conceded four for the fifth time this season. Um, if my memory serves me right, they conceded four, uh, four goals or more on four occasions last season that was across the entire 46 game campaign and two of those were the first and the last games obviously the first game was a was a freak occasion as it was the last game was you know almost an exhibition match with Burton already safe five times already this season four uh, uh, three of them should I say on home soil in the last four home matches you know no matter the quality of the opposition that is a stat that has got to be nipped in the bud. Yeah, it doesn't sound great when you say it like that, Josh, I must admit. I think also it doesn't help when you're giving teams a head start. Yeah. And you go, you know, you're fighting back, you're huffing and puffing all through the first half to try and get yourself back on terms. You know, they must have gone into, you'd like to think they're going to the first half on a high and stuff, but they must have looking at looking at it thinking, well, we can't afford to go a goal down again because mm. we'll never, we'll, you know, we'll not be able to claw our way back into the game. But, Again, they just did not take their chances when they when it when they presented them. They had Barnsley on the ropes for the first twenty twenty five minutes of that, of that second yeah. half, you know. But without, like you say, really landing a telling yeah, blow. Yeah, exactly. So, but, and that's the problem. Is it a lack of creativity? Do, do the players get to the edge, edge of the penalty area and just have no movement, or do we mm. do we just are they, are they scared almost? Mm. Are they sort of um, you know is is it just a lack of a lack of creativity in in, in the final third? Is is that what it's down to? I think as much as anything as well it's it's the I mean Stephen we've just got a piece up on the website today Stephen Warner could be spoke to after the bar came saying the frustration at the moment is is it's or the, what's proven so difficult is finding the right balance because Burton at the moment their goals for column is the worst in the division uh, of teams who've played 15 games I think they've scored one more than Birmingham 
who uh, play tonight just after we, we, we record this podcast. Their goals conceded is the worst in the division outright. So, you know, add those together. That ain't great. And that sort of explains both situations. They've conceded far too many, but also, they've, as we know, they've struggled until the last two games. They'd gone on, uh, you know, I think it was a 556-minute wait for a goal. So the problem is they can't marry them both. You no. know, when they were, they kept some really good clean sheets on the road at QPR, Norwich, Bristol, when they looked really solid. But Again, they just they didn't score. Yeah, but they, they couldn't, couldn't score. score. No. Tuesday night, they look really good going forward. They create some decent opportunities. They score, take two of them, two fine goals. And, you know, if you're a home team, or in any t- team really, if you score two goals in a game, you want to be saying we want at least a point from that game. Yeah, definitely. But they've got nothing because at the other end, moments of quality from Barnsley, but certainly that second goal, Carmen Fadson and Ben Turner come together. You know, one mistake at the moment is being punished, and whether it's at either end, Burton just can't marry the two. I mean, fair play, it was a, it was a great, I think it was, was it Isgrove who scored the first goal for Barnsley? Yes, yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was a good finish, but a couple of ricochets, and you're thinking that Burton, has, the three of them at the back there have got to deal with that ball, they've got to get rid of it, they've got to do something. Second goal, yeah, like you say, there's a, there's a collision. The fourth goal, Harvey Barnes, you know, Jay Buxton backs off and Ripley gets beat at his near post. Again, you know, like you say, the game's stretched at that point. Barnsley, you always thought that if Barnsley get on the attack, they'll, they're likely to go, they're likely to punish them and, and put the game to bed, which is what we did. But, but like you say, there's no, they can't seem to find that, that blend, that perfect blend yet. Mm. And again, we're only 15 games into the season, you know, but at what point do you, is it, is it after this international break, at, at what point do you start to say, well, you know, it's time. You know, times not not up, but you've had your early pre your early season bedding in time. Now you've got to put the, you've got to sort of figure out who you are. Yeah, well, I mean, I would argue that that time is is already up. I mean, that's not. They've still plenty of time. There's still 31 games to go, so that you know, there's there's miles of time left for them to to actually make an impact. Miles of time. I don't think that actually works because miles is distance and time is time. Different but, metrics, but, okay. yeah, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, we'll, we'll edit that out. I'm sure. Um, but there's still obviously. Bags of, let's go for bags of time. Okay. Still bags of time for them left to you know to, to get things back on track and everything. But I would argue you know you're a third of the way through the season now. Things have got to have started bedding into place now. And 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 is that again and you know another thing that you you look at and I suppose injuries aren't helping at the moment. You know ahead of the Millwall game, lots of Carl McFadden and Luke Murphy could potentially be doubts. Joe Mason looks like being out again. John Brayford has struggled to get a real run in the team since since signing again. Will Miller we've not even seen because of various yeah. hamstring problems. You know, so that is and that is how ha- without even mentioning Liam. Yes, the obvious, yeah, the obvious and, one. Yeah, Which, and you try not to mention him every week just because you you know you, you almost don't want reminding of of you know where the goals they might have scored. You know, had he had he been fit, but but that is having an impact because there's defensively, and we'll, we'll get onto personnel to an extent in a little bit as well. There is continuity, but up front they they make the the almost being forced into changes because of various injuries and trying to change systems and and is that hampering you know. Maybe their attacking abilities to an extent. Maybe a lack of consistency, a lack of a, a, two players maybe able to form a partnership. Mm. Um, I certainly think Lloyd Dyer um, has played very well the last yeah. couple of times he's been up there. He's shown a willingness to attack. You know, him and Sean Scannell combined very well on Tuesday night. Um, you know, sort of Scannell ran the ball down into the corner. Lloyd Dyer sort of makes a quick movement. Scannell does well there. He, he plays the ball in between the yeah, line players. Pass. Lloyd Dyer all of a sudden is in. He doesn't really, never really misses from there when he's presented with an opportunity. But I am loath to sort of um, always say that Brewers miss Liam Boyce. Obviously, they do. But I think a game like Saturday, where you're missing a fox in the box, you're missing someone like a Mason, a poacher, mm. someone who can, you know, if the ball does drop to them, can finish it off. Where a couple of times it was, I think, I forget who had the shot, but Matty Lund missed a follow up. 
he said in the press conference today that maybe he should have gone on to that. But I think a striker whose job it is to, to get on to, to get on those rebounds finishes that off. I think that that's where you start to really sort of um, that's where your forward options have to step up in those situations. I think you, you've got to hope that certainly you know last night's game against Barnsley again looking trying to sort of take the positives is is those two goals, two fine goals, two goals from from attacking players. You know Matty Lundy's is an attacking midfielder or he wants to be in terms of getting those goals, that should do a lot for confidence. That should do a lot for, for that belief going forwards. And, and, and I think you'll see that in, in the coming games. While we're on Matty Lund, um, worth mentioning him, I think, because he's, he's sort of an interesting one. Obviously, it was Burton's first signing way back in May. Um, seen as, well, originally in addition to that midfield, but I think, obviously, certainly with the with the exit of Jackson Irvine, seen as a, a sort of a light-for-light replacement, really, a box-to-box dynamic goal-scoring midfielder, makes those late runs. Obviously started the season well, picked up a bit of an injury and then struggled for the form. Nigel Clough was quite open in saying he was disappointed, you know, wanted Lung to be at a better level during that period, sort of in September. When he's finally got his chance again and over the last 180 minutes against Ipswich and Barnsley, for me, he's been Burton's best player and I suppose proving a point. Yeah, I think he's um, he's certainly one of those players who's been a, been given a chance by, by Nigel Clough and he's, he's taken it. Um, his aerial dominance, his willingness to sort of get Burton on the front foot, which is what we haven't really seen from, um, you know, Jamie Allen's come in, play well, so has Luke Murphy, um, but you haven't really got anyone who can take the ball and drive and yeah. get Burton up the field quick. Yeah, he is that that figure, isn't he? Really, it was, it was a couple of times where, um, both on Saturday and Tuesday night, where. Lund sort of put a challenge in, won the ball, and I think it was either Murphy or, or it might have been Warnock, one of the wing backs. So he was sort of just. Picked up a loose ball, gave it him back, and then bang, Burton yeah. are now they're into space, they're driving, they're looking, they're, they're, they're looking positive. That energises the players, energises the crowd. They like to see someone who picks the ball up and, and goes with it and tries to sort of um, just tries to spring an attack. Mm. And I, I I I think Lund was has been excellent on Saturday. He was very good. Mm. Energy, I suppose, is, is what Burton are going to are going to need to just keep high over over the the coming weeks. I mean, we've got an international break coming up after the Millwall game on on Saturday, which we'll move on to now because, you know, say what you want about about performance levels and and, and separating performance and results, um, and Burton must do that because there have been some real positives. But ultimately, you know, that dressing room is is going to be flat at the moment. Nigel Clough said they felt demoralised, you know, talking to the players they know or they feel they've left points out on the pitch in the last couple of games. They need to pick me up and soon because that gap between themselves and, and, and safety is is only going to start growing if, if they can't break out of it. At Millwall on Saturday, you know to an extent what you're going to get going to the den where, where Millwall have been superb so far this season. You're going almost to have to like, battle. It's like a perennial well, effect from last, from was, last season. You know, we, we said it earlier, didn't we? You've taken a question off my sheet before I've even asked it, so fair play there. But yeah, you know, it, it is very, you know, home form heavy, but 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 doing a good job there. But Burton, as, as much as they're going to have to sort of fight this weekend as well, they've got to keep the energy levels high, haven't they? Because when they did that in those spells against Barnsley and Ipswich and, and you think about their best performances this season, that second half against Birmingham, it's when the energy's been high, the pace, the intensity to the forward play has been, has been pretty quick. They've been getting the ball into wide areas and whipping those crosses in. And they're going to have to do that at Millwall because ultimately, you know, they need to start picking up some results on the road. They are a handful for teams. They really are. When they, when, well, like you say, when they sort of when they get those energy levels up and when, they, when they're attacking in full flow, they are a handful for teams, but I really would like to see a first away win of the season for Burton on Saturday. Going into the international break, don't forget you've got Sheffield United up at home on, on yeah, a Friday yeah. night. What a night that's going to be, by the way, if, if Burton do get something here. Heading, all of a sudden, everything just... just 
changes a little bit. The landscape just changes. It's a funny it, old world yeah. football, isn't it? You know, one win can just change everything in, in, in football. And is that it? is that part of the reason for the frustration? As much as the, as the fact that they know they should have taken more for these couple of games, and, and probably the Nottingham Forest one before it as well. It's also the sense of one result could could kickstart something, and and they want to obviously get that as soon as possible because that you know gives you momentum going into other games. Now they've wasted a few games, and they're looking. At, you know, if they win, they've then. They're going to have two frustrated weeks sat there during the international break. Other than other than Tom Flanagan and, and Matty London will be away with Northern Ireland, but they'll be sat there thinking, "God, we just want to get straight back out there." Yeah, exactly, but that's you know that, that's the thing of footballers on the international break, isn't it? They always speak about how they, they just you're sitting around there. It was the same when they went to the, on the last international break and they were they were in Spain, weren't they? Doing some training and stuff, and I think they just wanted to sort of get back on it and try and you know really get 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 a positive result. Um, Sooner, as soon as possible. Yeah. You know, my, my my only issue is that probably by the time you've listened to this podcast, I know Birmingham play Preston tonight, is it? Uh, Brentford. Brentford tonight. You know, Birmingham could open a a, a, a five point gap between themselves between um, what well, between Burton and the, the final relegate the sort of the, the, the safety area, safety zone. So when you start sort of getting when that gap starts appearing, mm. that's when I think. Teams do start to struggle because they know straight away they are. I mean, only last week Jay Buxton said about how they didn't want to make the bottom feet free feel like. Home. Yeah, they've, they're not leaving themselves the luxury of time anymore, are they? They're, they're sort of. I mean, Ben Turner said the other day. He, he mentioned the fact that well, we had a poor run in November, December. He said last season, so let's have a good November. Let's have a good December. Let's have had our poor run out of the way, and if they could do that, then you know that there shouldn't be any problems but the issue now is they they've they've almost used up that poor run for the season you know the current run they're on seven without a win you know i think it's only two points from those seven games um that that sort of run you can only afford to have one they've season they've if, already if you, had yeah, that slump if you yeah you know. if, and 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 that is is going to make it tough um so as as for the mobile game where they're going to have to bounce back um Nigel Clough sort of alluding to to the facts last night and also in today's press conference saying you know, when you've had a run like this, you've got to look at what you can change. He said, "We'll look at personnel." He said, basically saying, you know, everything's up for everything's up for grabs. He's sort of making making the point that when you're on a run like this, players who are in the team can't expect necessarily to to have a divine right to stay in the team. And equally, if you're sat on the bench, you're probably thinking, "Well, you know, I, I probably earned a chance to to have my say now." So it's going to be interesting this weekend, isn't it? Do you think that there'll be? I mean, there have been a couple of changes relatively often, partially due to injuries and, and whatever. But do you think it might be a little bit more a wide scale this Saturday? At the it, I just think if you're looking, if you're looking at the bench, what are your options really? Do you sort of, do you bring Tom Flanagan in? Do you bring Tom Naylor in? There's been a bit, there's been a few murmurings about that on social media. But I mean, I, I'd just like to. We spoke about it earlier. Do you put? Do you put Lloyd Dyer at left back and go go for it, or do you sort of mm. do you keep one up there and just just stay just try and try and stay tight like you have done at QPR, Bristol, and Norwich? You, you know, it's it's just going to be sort of interesting to to see what what Nigel Club decides to, decides to do. Does he decide to does he decide to sort of stay rigid, mm. or does he try and think right? Come on, let's let's really have a go here. Mm. And let's try and get at him. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, we'll move on to your questions now because thank you very much. Several, uh, quite a few questions sent in to us, which is much appreciated here on Brewers yeah, Talk. It's always, um, good. it's always good for you to get in touch with us. We, 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 we love it, don't we? So hopefully, not too much noise there from my uh, my uh, page, sort of flapping by the microphone, by positioning it by me. Um, but sort of talking about changes, that was that was one of the questions. Bradley basically saying, you know, do you think we need personnel changes like Nigel Clough did on Tuesday night? Um, I think now is as good a time as any person need to, to potentially look at look at those changes and, and, and making maybe a few more. I mean, we mentioned the example of Matty Lund there and and a player who 
had a good start to the season. Didn't get much of looking over September, and, and Nigel Clough sort of saying it was a bit out of form. Has come back, in, you know, by his time has come back in, and has looked really, really good. He's looked fresh, but also be shown, at, you know, looking at a point to prove and and show what quality he's got. Maybe now is as good a time as any. You know, they're, they're in a poor run of form. They need something to spark. They need something to, to spark a, you know, a positive result. Is now the time to, to give an opportunity to players who haven't been getting as, as as much of as much of a look in and players who maybe think, you know what. Maybe it's time for, for me to, to stake a claim. That's not to say that there will be massive changes, and I don't see Nigel Clough making sort of six or seven changes because that's not what you need. No. You know, you need some continuity there, um, and these Especially these players the... aren't bad players or anything like that. Yeah. It's 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 I suppose looking at, at at where you can can affect different things on the pitch. And I mean, you you would think, like you say, you mentioned, for example, Tom Naylor there. Do you give him a chance? The, the defense have been struggling to to keep too many clean sheets recently, and. Is that a is that a potential a potential change? And he provides you a bit of a bit more quality on the ball from deep as well. Probably. Well, I don't know. I don't know about I don't know about Tom. I I I would thing is I'm not sure about changing sort of like the, the defense and putting taking one of the centre midfield centre backs out because which one do you take out? Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. All three of them. Yeah. I don't think one of them deserves to be dropped. Well, no, and and that's the thing, isn't it? Is is you know you, you look and you say, oh, do you need personnel changes? It doesn't feel as if there are any players who are playing particularly badly. It's just exactly. those those cool. moments in games that you know where, where mistakes are happening or or just where they're not showing enough enough quality. Club and London said it earlier. The, the, the performances aren't bad. You can't pinpoint any area of the pitch and say apart from maybe sort of scoring more. But that's just a case of a team working together. You can't say that the, the team have been playing bad, so so and so needs to be dropped. Mm. It's just a case of the ball just not dropping a little bit of rub in the green and not not much luck. But on the on the subject of personnel change, I think. I don't think it's any coincidence that Clough's comments have come today after Lund has been draft- has been drafted in mm. and then played very well. Yeah. Sort of nailed nailed himself down as one of the first names on the team sheet on yeah. Saturday. Lays so, a bit of a gauntlet down, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So Clough will be saying to probably be saying to the lads today at training or whatever tomorrow, saying, "Look, you know, Matty's come in, he's done a job for us. You show me why you deserve to be starting." Mm. Because I'm not because he's not obviously he's not afraid to make those changes. No, 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 absolutely, and and. And like you say, it, it does feel as if potentially Saturday. I mean, Saturday will be it'll be a cauldron of an atmosphere. So again, he, he's not going to want to make too many changes. I wouldn't have thought there because you're going to need those experienced heads on the pitch that Burton have certainly in in, in their defence. But you know, we know as we say, Carl McFadden with a broken nose, he's a doubt. So potentially you, there could be a change. Luke Murphy is struggling. Could that mean a, sort of a slight shift in midfield? Could, could I think Matt, Matt Palmer maybe? Could somebody like Matt Palmer get get a first start in a while? And, and again, you just sort of say, right, here's your chance. Go and go and sort of take it with with both hands. It's going to be interesting, um, and uh, we'll find out at, at two two p.m. on on Saturday what what team Nigel Clough goes with. Um, another question or, or a couple really sort of linking. I mean, Lucas has said, are youngsters the answer? Tabara, Palmer, uh, Delaney, and of course Denanga and uh, Ollie asked, would it be realistic to recall Marcus Denanga? And if so, do you think he'd make much of an impact? Um, on Denanga specifically, I think we've sort of mentioned this before, Rich. Um, obviously, he's firing goals in left, right, and centre for AFC. Yeah, he's on form, isn't he? Um, I think he's already got twelve for the season. He got thirty-four last season at Matlock. I think we're agreed. General consensus being that you know you could always risk taking a punt, and you never know. He might start in superbly, but at this point in his career, at such an ex- you know he's such an exciting striker for a forward. He just needs to be scoring goals and getting game time. And at the moment, that is what he's doing at Telford and you don't want to disturb him. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You took the words straight out of my mouth there. I don't think he wants to disrupt the flow that he's got going off. He's playing with, I think, Anthony Dwyer, isn't it? Mm. Who was banging the goals from that lot for. They've obviously yeah. got a bit of a, a, bit of a, a, a partnership going on. So the problem, with, the problem with Marcus is, you know, 
the, if you bring him back and you're playing and he's not quite up to so it, all the hard work that he's put in the last two or three months is just all of a sudden it's just gone like that, isn't it? Yeah, and so, also is you know it's unlikely that he's gonna if he even if he was recalled. It's unlikely that he's going to sort of go straight into the starting eleven. Yeah, so you're not going to take Luke Vardy um, out or, or Joe Mason if you're fit and say, oh, you, you've been um, sort of dropped out of the bench for Marcus Denanger who's never played a championship game. But his his time will come. Mm. But but I I think it's just a bit. He's scoring goals. He's scoring goals. But you know, he's not. You know, it's just not. I don't think he's. I don't think he's ready for that yet. And does he want to be sat on the bench? Maybe coming on, getting a little cameo, which would be superb experience. But you know, again, in in potentially difficult circumstances or. Does he want to be outscoring goals? And, and and I think, you know, I imagine he's probably top or, or near the top again of the, the scoring charts for, for the league that he's in at the moment. And well, He's already broken the, the record for last season for, for Telford. Yeah, for Telford, that's hasn't it, isn't it? And, you know, so he's, he's obviously, um, he's obviously do, doing well there by, by yeah. their standards. And you so. read his comments in it and he is clearly loving life there and, and loving scoring goals. So, you know, that in itself is important. So, sort of answering that question, I mean, would it be realistic? I think at the moment not anyway because okay, I know Mason is struggling with injury. Will Miller we've not seen yet, but obviously he will come back soon. They've got options there. Um, yes, it's about sort of finding the right ones for the right situations, but there are options there. Let Dinanga keep scoring goals, in our opinion. Um, as for Luke's question, are youngsters the answer? Name checking there: Sabara, Palmer, Delaney, and, and Dinanga. Uh, Ryan Delaney, of course, his really successful loan spell at Cork City is, is now up. He's going to be returning to the Brewers. Nigel Clough said they'll keep an eye on him. He wouldn't be available for selection until January anyway. No. Um, it's going to be interesting, really, to, to sort of see, you know, I imagine we'll see him in under-23 games and stuff like that, but he's he's he's, he's impressed so much over in, in the Republic of Ireland that you've got to think that they're at least going to look and, and see how he might fit into the squad. Well, in terms of sort of successful loan deals going, a call-up to the under-21 yeah. side, he's in that in cup final action this weekend, won the league, doesn't get much more successful than that, does it? You know, but I think for someone like Delaney, it certainly will be interesting. He's almost been the forgotten man at Burton, really, hasn't he? Well, that's it. you know, he was signed what eighteen months ago now, and, and obviously hasn't yet featured for the first team. Um, but it, I mean, he's eighteen months older than when he was signed, and I think they still saw him as a bit of a raw talent with a bit more age, a lot more experience now in his, his legs. It could be interesting. Again, it's not short term because he can't play till January anyway. Um, but depending on the, the state with the squad and, and I suppose in a way what system they're playing, he he certainly could be one to feature in the squad. Matt Palmer, obviously, we, we, you know, we've sort of talked about a bit. He's always going to be there or thereabouts. Perhaps been a bit unfortunate not to be involved as, as much as he'd have liked so far this season. And I suppose he will be hoping if the chance comes along to sort of take a leaf out of Matty Lund's book, really, and um, and and get a look in. I think Palmer has suffered a bit for for Jamie Allen, who I mean, those two players are quite similar. Alan came in and obviously hit the ground running at first, potentially not been as... as Tailed off a little bit, yeah. maybe. So I, I think, I mean, Hopak Pan obviously came in on Tuesday night. It didn't set didn't set the world alight. It didn't play badly, mm. but he didn't really sort of grab the game by the scruff of the neck, which is what you want from when you're free midfielders, isn't it? Yeah. You want him to sort of follow Lund's example and get, get, let's get on the ball and let's get going. Yeah. You know, do, does that now mean, does Clough sort of say, well, to, to Hopak Pan, look, you know, We've had your chance. We're going to try somebody else now. We've, we've, you know, he's not, not been, he's not been afraid to rotate in the midfield. Um, yeah. Does that make, does that leave the door open for Palmer this Saturday? Well, that's it. I mean, you, you would you would like to uh, you'd like to sort of think again that Palmer would, would look to to Lund, for example, and think right if I can get in, I'm going to try and seize that chance. He was brilliant against Birmingham in the win right at the, the start of the season. We know his quality at this level from the first half of last season. 
We know again that, that Clough sort of saw other players fitting more in the second half of last season when they went more pragmatic. And, and that sometimes is how they've approached this season. And, and those games don't suit Matt. You know, the, the games that suit Palmer are when he can get on the ball, has the time and can show that playmaking yeah, quality. He di- can dictate, can't he? And know? maybe during this current run of form, it, you know, that's tough because they're not getting as much time on the ball. But equally, could he be the one to unlock a defence? We'll see. Um, but you would certainly, you know, he's going to sort of feature there or thereabouts and and I'm sure we'll, we'll earn a start sort of pretty soon and, and I suppose the earnest then will, will be on him to, to take it as he'll want to. And the other name mentioned there by Lucas, Joe Sabara. An interesting one, we sort of we talked a little bit about him. Obviously, was, you know, he's played brilliantly in the Carabao Cup games, you know, first and second round, was in and around the squad first few games of the season. Not really seen sort of much of him since then. And, and Rich, you, you were sort of wondering, I know we were saying in the office earlier that Maybe he, he is an option you'd like to see included on, on the bench a little bit more. It's all very sort of uh, speaking in hindsight, but I must admit, when, when with 20 minutes to go, when you're trying to stretch a tired defence like on Saturday afternoon and t- Tuesday night again, you know, when the, when the game's there for the taking at 1 1 on Saturday, then at 2 2, you'd like to see Savara come off the bench with a bit of attacking impetus. And I know when he, we've already seen it this season, he runs at players, he's not scared, mm. he's, only, he's only a small figure. You know, but lower centre of gravity can can get around players. You'd like to see it. You know, mm. you'd like to see him just get on the ball and take some players on, and maybe just try and you know get the crowd going a little bit more and attacking players, someone who can sort of you know get 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 Burton on the on the front foot a bit. And it's just a shame, really, because like you say, we we, we saw they they beat um, Cardiff two one. It was obviously Joe who crossed in for Ben Fox. Yeah, and we've all, we mm. we have we've all seen firsthand what he can bring to the to the table at this at, not this at league level but league cup level. You know, against this is it, isn't Cardiff. it? And, and uh, you know, he, maybe somebody like Sabar is is the one to you know almost wait energize the crowd as much as anything at the Pirelli. And uh, you know, obviously that homegrown sort of player get get him on the ball. He's an exciting talent. Um, it'll be interesting to sort of see in, in the in the coming months, depending on what happens and, and the way the form goes. If he might start to get a, a bit of a looking again, of course you can understand Nigel Plus not going to want to sort of rush him too much and too much too soon and all that. And, and it's a physical league, and obviously that is something that Joe will, you know, is going to struggle against if he, if he sort of gets muscled out of games. But he's got the qualities to, to counter that, like you say, with his pace, his well, low centre yeah, of gravity. Exactly, and, exactly. But players have to sort of. I mean, when he came on against Reading in the final day of last season, he was yeah, zipping yeah. the ball about. Oh, last that play. first run he went on was was you know. Sort of the ground held their breath, didn't they? It was, thing, it was it, brilliant. It's all right, sort of. You know, I understand that it's a physical legal struggle, but players have got to get close to him yeah, first. Yeah. Before well, they yeah, of, valid you know. point. And and this is it. I, I think I'm sure there's plenty, sort of Lucas, who'd be sort of echoing your sentiments when you talk about those youngsters. And and in a way that you talk about personnel changes, and and it needs something again to to spark it. If changes are going to come. Younger legs, fresher legs. Again, players looking to prove a point. Every player in that squad's looking to prove a point, and the point they want to prove is Burton now being good enough to stay in the championship. Yeah. But you know, players who also want to come in and, and stake a claim, maybe the ones to, to sort of make the difference in, in the coming weeks. Um, we'll see. But I, I certainly think you know, of, the, of the players you sort of name check there that some of them have got a part to play be, between now and, and May. Um, maybe not in the short short term, but certainly I think um, before the end of the season we'll see a few of those players feature. Um, last question. Um, comes from Adam talking sort of about the, the style of Burton play. He says, is the current style of play, and he sort of cites his centre backs hitting diagonal balls, is that down to sort of the method chosen by Nigel Clough, or is it a lack of ability within the squad to change? Um, Rich, I mean, that that style was, was primarily what they played last night. You know, there were a lot of those diagonal balls yeah. or balls direct down to, to Lucas Aikens, who battled away but, but was muscled sort of quite heavily and 
I don't think got enough free kicks for my for my liking last no. night. I think and there was certainly one where you, his his shirt, like you said, it's good job, but tag maker, yes, yeah, good shirts, fabric, yeah. yeah. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that's the style of play they've been, they've been playing all season. You know, they like those diagonal balls across, uh, you know, across and over to, and obviously because they play a sort of a three-five-two, you can get players out wide. But I wouldn't say that's the only style of play they're playing. We've seen some nice passing football, certainly on Saturday against Ipswich. Some yeah. of the passing football they played, like you say with Matty London there now, they were cutting, they were cutting teams open. I, I just hark back to uh, Marvin Sordell's goal against Birmingham. Yeah, um, you know that's not that's not a long ball. That's a that's a ball into a play, that's a ball into feet and a great turn and, and, and a shot, which unfortunately we haven't seen from Sordell enough. Yeah. this season. Yeah, there was a, I don't want to single players out, but there was a. And, 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 <laughs> I don't want to single players out, but, but, but I mean. Carver Fazdin, he he played and he a couple of times he went, went for the diagonal ball and there was one where he hit it straight out past so the dugout. Yeah, yeah. And Nigel Clough was saying to Carl, he said, "Simple, he said, simple, yeah. simple. Let's try. You know, that's okay, but let's just try and get it on. Let's just try and work it first. But obviously, then he goes and plays a Luka Modric style <laughs> pass, gorgeous, pass over it? to Jake Buxton. He whips the ball in. Yeah, like like Ronaldo. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, that was a, again the, the sort of goal that we'd be, you know, you'd be harking on about if they won the game last night. You, you wouldn't be able to shut up about it. It was no, brilliant exactly, for the defenders, but, but um, again, in, in sort of hindsight, didn't have too much of an impact. Um, but but I do ju- I do just think that on on Saturday they were perhaps a little bit naive because the wind was playing havoc, wasn't it? Yeah. On Saturday, and they were still going long and. A lot of the crosses coming in, a lot of the long balls. The wind was picking the ball up and taking it miles. Mm. So you just got to, you, you needed to get the ball on the floor. And I, I just did we not have the confidence to, to get it down on the floor and play it? I, I don't know. I mean, I would argue that the style of play is, is they're pretty versatile with it, and that's partially because the, the forwards are changing. You know, you look to the Forest game when they went with Scannell and Dyer up top. Uh, no, sorry, no, it wasn't Scannell, was it? Was that at, uh, at Forest? I think I'm, get, I'm now getting myself confused, but. The uh, I mean QPR for example when Scanner was was up top and and Dyer up top in the uh, in the, sorry it was Sordell and Dyer I think it was against Forest but those sorts of games when they're looking for more pace behind yeah. they go direct but in a different way they get the ball over the top but it's not sort of going direct to a target man it's it's waiting and sort of bringing a defence out and then and then going over the top and using the pace and they play a lot down the wings I think if, I think you know, if Scannell doesn't hit the post that that style of play is then. Lord, yeah, against QPR. Lord. Yeah, and this is it. And and I think, I think to an extent, yeah, that you know, certainly on Tuesday night there was a lot of that diagonal balls, and and potentially again when you're in a rough patch of form, you you do do that a bit more because you're desperate to get the ball up there and try and create chances. You've not got the patience to to try and play through the phases because you know you're pushing yourself. You need goals, so you can understand that I think to an extent. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's just down to Nigel Clough's method. This you know or or even that there's a lack of ability within the squad to sort of change it up, because I think they are proving that they can be versatile. They're sort of being forced to do it, because the forwards are constantly changing due to injury and everything. Um, I suppose at the moment, if there was a style of play that they could fall upon that was getting them wins, then they would happily they'd, they'd keep doing it. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it's just, like you say, through injuries, through a sort of through personnel change for one reason or another, they haven't really been able to settle on a formula so far this season. Hmm. Which is what you use the early game, early stages of the season for. Yeah. But I think after the international break, the squad needs to just when they get players back, they just need to settle down a little bit and just say, look, this is who we are. This is what the style of play we're going to play. Let's go out and let's play it. Final word then, Rich. Uh, heading to uh, heading out to Millwall on Saturday. Like you said at the top of the podcast, it feels a big game. They all feel big at the moment with with how things are going. Millwall aside, who potentially a lot of people thought would be down there, there or thereabouts with Burton. If they win, they'll be ten points clear of Burton. Equally, Burton get the win. 
that gap's four points. They're probably quite close to, to getting out of the danger zone. Um, they, they might even be able to do that on Saturday. Who knows, depending on how results go. It's all up in the air at the moment. There's still loads of time to go. Just how important would it be for them to, to give themselves some momentum going into the next batch of games? I just think it'd be, I think it'd be massive. I think when you've got teams like you've got teams like Sheffield United turning up like, ne- next time, haven't you? We've already mentioned it in this podcast, but um, under under the lights of the Pirelli, that suddenly suddenly those games become a lot more. You look forward to them then. Yeah. If they go if they go away and get a win, that's a statement this weekend. That's a real statement saying, look, we're not we're not we're no mugs. We're not it. Not that they are already. But we're not here to be to make up the numbers. We're here. We're here to stay. We're here to fight for our place. I'm just worried. But if they get a, if they get another loss this weekend, that we all just fans might start thinking, well, is is that it? Mm. You know, is that it? Obviously, it's not. Like you say, there's still plenty of football to, to be played. But you can't let you can't let that gap grow. You, I think that you is can't. The, you, yeah. have to, you have to stop the rot. You have you absolutely have to stop the rot this week, even if it's just a draw. Like, like Matty Lund said earlier early on today on, on Wednesday, he said, you know, let's just you know, performance is great, let's just get a result. Yeah. A positive result. They would week, happily yeah. take a terrible performance, a scuffed finish to win one 0 on Saturday. Um, I think we all would. Yeah, I think yeah, we all would. Exactly. Big game uh, as ever on Saturday we'll be there um covering it. Um as ever, myself and Rich will be down there live blogging uh, team news uh, verdicts reaction everything everything we've got every single every angle covered and hopefully every angle covered as we say of a a positive result for the brewers they need one pretty soon but there is still plenty plenty of time left in the season yet so uh don't worry too much um that's the end of the brewers talk for this week as we say big thanks to to everybody got in touch with with questions we'll keep doing that we'll open the the brewers talk mailbox as i think rich called it we'll open that uh, every week ahead of the podcast so you can get in touch and have uh, have your say and ask any questions you want to. And as I say, anybody who sort of would like to actually get involved on the podcast, we'd love to have you on. Get in touch with us. Uh, email joshua.murray at burtonmail.co.uk or tweet us at burtonlbmbm, at joshuamurraybm or at richardcusatbm um, to get in touch. As for now though, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week on Brewers Talk.